Hey guys, we got a special Halloween treat for you today. We are going to be covering a ghost story. This is a two-parter, so get ready for some ghastly horrors. Explosions. Ghastly horrors. Welcome to Reading the Room. I'm Adam West. I'll be your host. And this is a psychic exploration. And you can't have a psychic exploration without psychics. So let me introduce my co-hosts. First, I'd like to introduce Pam. Hello, Pam. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. And we're joined as always by Kate. Hello, Kate. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Pretty interesting case today, guys. I I have to admit, I was super unfamiliar with this before we started talking about it. Yes, it's very spooky. This haunting doesn't have a lot of buzz around it. Um, a documentary was, was made about it. Um, but this is like the most documented haunting of our time. The most documented from very reliable very reliable sources very interesting we're we're just about to hop into it guys but first you know i we got some viewer mail and i've got a question for you guys from our viewer as a psychic do you have favorite people that call you oh yeah yeah for sure some people some people i connect better with And so it's very like, it's like, you know, they have a lot of psychic intuition, even though they might not know it. And so they're good at emitting. So, yeah. Yeah. Some people um, that call, you just have a really natural connection with, just like with anybody else. And I've found that those people are the easiest to talk to. And for some reason, their predictions come faster and clearer than most people so there's a few people that call on the line and um they're the favorites because we just connect like that and everything's kind of crystal clear for them um that makes but sense. every yeah everybody's different too so that's that's what makes it difficult to to prove obviously and why it can be a little bit of uh confusing because if your energy just doesn't match with somebody just doesn't match but it doesn't mean there isn't like the right kind of psychic out there there's so many psychics that do so many different things like there was this one lady that i knew who did she could read people by voice vibration i don't know how this lady did it because like i was talking well like did she put her hands on your throat no, I was talking to her on the phone and she's like, oh, I feel like this and this and this. And she just started saying all this stuff and it was true. And I was like, dang, how's this lady know? And she threw out some predictions and they happened. And um, yeah, everybody just has their different way of connecting. Uh, 
to individuals and through like psychic medium tools. Some people don't need them. Some, some guy had like ribbons. It's a very, very big umbrella of things that happens there. Do you think the woman with the, uh, the sense sensitivity to voices, do you think she just listens to podcasts? She's like, I know what's happening with all these people. Yes, she must. Cause all I really said to her was like, Hey, and she's like, Oh, I see tarot cards around you. And I'm like, what? How do you know? And she's like, yes, you're going to be a psychic. Are you on a psychic line? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I see you're going to have lots and lots of lots of customers and stuff like that. Even customers from Australia, which we've had on the podcast. We've had some listeners from Australia. So I was like, dang, lady, you're right. Good just for ta- you. I just talked to somebody from <laughs> Australia today. You know, I think that one of the things is that you have to trust yourself, too, and trust your trust your cards um because sometimes they will tell you something and you're like no way there was a guy that i was talking to that was going through divorce and the cards kept saying he's getting back together with his wife and i was like no way he signed the divorce papers and then he called me like two days later and he's like we got back together just like you said but the whole time i was i was telling him you know i don't want to give you false hope but (laughs) this is it but it was cool. This this is what I'm seeing. I got to tell you what I'm seeing. A question that was submitted by Dave. Thank you so much, Dave. If you would like to submit a question for one of our psychics or me, you can ask me questions too. Uh, it is uh, readingtheroompod at gmail.com. That's readingtheroompod at gmail.com. Or just say hi. Hi. You can request pictures of our dogs. Yeah, they are. All right, Pam, we've got a big one to jump into. Why don't you kick us off here? All right. This is called the Dice Road Haunting. This is the most well-documented paranormal haunting of our time. So the Dice Road Haunting is one of the most well-documented paranormal events in history. Multiple police agencies were dispatched to the home and and more than 35 police reports had been written. The police were the first responders. However, many other government agencies, businesses, churches, and individuals became witnesses to the supernatural activities. The following is a list of those directly and indirectly involved in the Dice Road haunting. Churches. Consumer Power Company. Duke University. The Federal Aviation Agency. Jonesfield and Lakefield Fire Departments. Lansing Police Department, Michigan Bell Telephone Company, Michigan Department of Health, Michigan State Police, Michigan State Police Intelligence Technical Service Units, Michigan State Police Fire Marshal Division, Michigan State Polygraph Examination Unit, the Merrill Police Department, Merrill Residents and Neighbors, Saginaw County Sheriff's Department, St. Charles Police Department, the Tri-County Airports. So those are a lot of people who uh, who were involved that's, on some level. That's a lot of witnesses. Yeah, that's a lot of th- witnesses from all of those agencies. Mm-hmm. Some some of them were indirect, like the person maybe like taking the polygraph, but they still like were, were part of it. So the information we're sharing today comes from the documentary a "Haunting on Dice Road: Hell House," and the, it was directed by Stephen T. Shippey. And one thing is neat. Um, about this is our sister lives in this town. She is one of our devoted listeners. Hi. Hi. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Harold Pomeraining and his wife, Mabel, built their home in 1951 on Dice Road in Merrill, Michigan. 
Dice Road, like most of the roads in Merrill, is framed by cornfields, and in 1951, Harold and Mabel's nearest neighbors were a quarter of a mile away. Harold worked at Dow Corning at the night, at night, and he was a farmer during the day. By all accounts, Harold and Mabel led a very normal life. In time, they had two sons, Terry and Duane. These boys would be teenagers when these occurrences began in 1974. Harold Pomeranian um, ended up calling the police quite often, and the first call Harold made um, was to complain about a prowler. He said a prowler was beating on the side of his house, and the call was answered by Deputy Charles Frisbee. Upon inspection, no prowler was found. No prowler was found. Uh, his son Terry said that the, actually the first incident was a before this, they called the police the night before. Um, it actually started, they had a window was shattered out of their house. Wow. So he was, at that point, they were like, those darn kids! Yeah, yeah, they were big, they, were big theor- they theorized within their own house at that time that um, it was like just neighbor kids or teenagers that were mad that they didn't get hired on for farmhand work. The second call to the police... The second call from Mr. Pomeranian came in while Deputy Frisbee was already on his way. He was intending to position himself not far from Mr. Pomeranian's house and see if, if he called. On returning to the Pomeranian home, Deputy Frisbee put a spotlight in the house. There was nothing there, although dispatch said Mr. Pomeranian was still hearing the pounding. Deputy Frisbee moved his car into the freeway. Nope. That'd be really dangerous. <laughs> Yeah. Deputy Frisbee moved his car into the driveway and suddenly the outdoor light went out. Astoundingly, the deputy realized that the light had not simply gone out, it actually exploded. Pomeranian asked Deputy Frisbee to walk around the house and inspect the premises. Deputy Frisbee asked Mr. Pomeranian if he'd like to come along, and Mr. Pomeranian said, No, I don't want to go out there. Smart. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. The deputy found nothing outside. When he went into the house to speak to Mr. Pomeroy, a picture fell off the wall. Neither the wall mount nor the picture bracket had broken. Night after night, Mr. Pomeroy would hear the pounding. He would call the police and the police would come out, find nothing and write a report. Sometimes Mr. Pomeroy would even call a second time. The same night, and again, they would find nothing. One evening, Deputy Frisbee did a stakeout on the house, and he could also hear the banging, but when he and his partner searched the premises looking for footprints or any clues, they found nothing. Pete Atkins from the St. Charles Police Department did a thorough search for a noise-making device. Looking for a device or wires, he never found anything and had to conclude that there was no physical evidence present. Fingerprints dustings were also taken to no avail. Charles Frisbee would say the number of hours spent investigating the house was immeasurable. Multiple police officers, firefighters, friends, neighbors, and clergy were all witnesses to the banging. Mr. Pomeranian was frustrated that the police were unable to find the cause of the night banging. (laughs) You said night banging. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's all it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
So there were several police reports um, made, and we have a few of them um, on our Prezi, which will be available online at our website, www.readingtheroom.live. Um, so if you wanted to check, you'll be able to find it there. Uh, Saginaw News. To add to, Pomeran- to add to the Pomeranian's frustration, the story of the event at their home was leaked to the press, and a newspaper in Saginaw ran a front-page story. The story included a picture of their home and their address. The public was exuberant, and an exhaustive procession of cars paraded up and down Dice Road to catch a glimpse of the haunted house. Mr. Pomeranian filed a complaint with Saginaw County Sheriff's Department regarding the leaked information to the news. If you live out in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly there's a haunted house, you're going to go look at the haunted house. Mm -hmm. You're going to go look at that haunted house. I am. I've already went to look at this haunted house. I'm a little bit behind because it's not the 70s, but yeah. <laughs> Should have just wore bell bottoms while you did it and felt like you were really mm-hmm. in all the times. Yeah, I could have said groovy. Gave the peace sign. <laughs> now, the son Terry said that um, they, the this guy from the newspaper had called them and asked some questions. And Mr. Pomeranian was very clear, like, we don't want you to write a story about this. Like maybe we'll talk to you and give you details once it's all been figured out and everything's all smoothed over. But until then, I'm not interested in talking to you about this. Mm-hmm. Made it very clear to this newspaper. But then again, if you're the Merrill news and there's a haunted house, what do you got? Yeah. What do you got? You don't have a lot. Everybody's going to want to ride past the house and honk and yell. Yeah. This is the seventies too. When they, they still had lead in the gasoline, so everyone was insane anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, and they didn't have internet. So what else are you going to do? Yeah, you have right. To read the newspaper and drive around in your car. That's all you got. Yep, that's it. Unless you want to go roller skating, that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you were there, but it's true. <laughs> so Mr. Pomerating filed a complaint against the newspaper. Uh, you can also find that on the Prezi suspects. The police may have been frustrated, too. One night, Fred Clark, a Saginaw County sergeant, responded to a call from the Pomeranian residence. There was a radio call from Captain McGraw that said, There's pounding at the front door. Is there anyone at the front door? Fred Clark heard the pounding over the police radio, but no one was at the front door. That night, the sheriff deputies came to the house upset, and one of them said, there's got to be something on the inside of this house that's doing this because there is no one outside. They started looking at 18-year-old Terry Pomerang as a suspect. Sergeant Clark felt Terry knew more than he was saying. Terry said it was hard living that way, knowing that we were being watched every second to see if someone in the family was making them these noises. Eventually, Terry took and passed a lie detector test. Subsequently, the entire Pomerang family took and passed lie detector tests. Multiple. Like a ton. They all had to take a ton of tests. Terry talked about, like, it was one of those... Have you ever taken a test where they ask you the same questions, but they just keep rewarding it? Like, it's like a... It's a deception test. It's kind of, you know, it's 
to pressure test your lie from every direction. So they just, you know, will reword it and move it and, you know, ask you the same question multiple times till they catch you up in it. Mm-hmm. He was saying that he had to do that. He had to take a test like that, too. That would be frustrating living in the house and then being suspected. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I know, admittedly, I'm of a very fragile nature, but after the, like the first night of someone pouting on the, on the house, I would have uh, not been able to handle it emotionally. I would have had to move mm-hmm. immediately. I would go sleep at a corn row of corn before I stayed in this house for more than one day. Yeah. And I think that, golly, that has to be hard to um, be under all that pressure and then have all this strange stuff going on all the time. Yeah. He said that as soon as he, um, when I say he, I mean Harold, said as soon as he got home from work, it started. So it wasn't start, it wasn't there unless he was there, which is interesting. Mr. Pomeranian had a friend he worked with at Dow Corning. He shared the events that were taking place at his home, and the friend came to visit and brought his 12-year-old son. This 12-year-old grew up to be a police officer and witnessed the following accounts. He preferred to be anonymous and went by the fictitious name Mark while sharing his accounts. Mark's father and Mark came over to visit Mr. Pomerang. He told them the noises would happen, but as the night went on, no banging happened. In frustration, Mr. Pomerang lifted his fist and said, Show yourself! That's when the pounding began again. On hearing the banging, Mr. Pomerang said, I told you, now tell me what that sound is. Harold had a Doberman pincher, and is it pincer or pincher? I think it's got the S in there, but I think it's pronounced pincher. Harold had a Doberman, and he let the dog out when he heard the pounding shortly after. It sounded like the dog was getting beaten. His Pomeranian claimed the dog wasn't the same after that incident. Poor dog? I know. That is sad. That's the saddest thing in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. That is the saddest thing in this whole thing. After Mark and his, his father went home, there was a knock on their door around midnight. Three knocks, knock, knock, knock. When Mark opened the door, there was nobody there. For the next six days at midnight, this the same knocking would happen three times. Um, Mark and his father took this as a warning to stay away from the Pomeranian residence, and they never went back. It's like catching the a cold from somebody, except it's a scary knocking in your house. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go back there either. I'm good. Sorry. Sorry about that for you, but... You're right. I heard those noises. I like to stay ghost-free in my life, so... Sorry. Here's some sage. (laughs) Poor guy. Poor guy. 